Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Trevor. I'm Matthew. And I'm Dustin. I have one piece of feedback from, actually from our Firefly episode a couple episodes ago. Um, my sister, Sarah, emailed in and noted that she once loaned her DVDs to a friend, her Firefly DVDs, and they watched them and they did not like it. And we said a few times on the show that everybody we had introduced Firefly to liked it. So she loaned these DVDs to a friend and they didn't like it. But when she was talking with them about it afterwards, she realized they had seen Serenity before watching Firefly. And so in this email, she wanted to reiterate, don't let people watch Serenity first. It messes them up. Trevor, I recall when we watched it at camp that there was one individual who had seen Serenity prior to watching Firefly, but they liked. Really? How did they respond to it? They liked Firefly. Okay. I just recall knowing, or the person noting after watching Serenity that it was really hard to not share details from the movie to people watching the show, knowing how the movie ends. I guess, or things that happen in the movie. I can't remember exactly what they said. Okay. But yeah, they liked the show. So, Okay, so it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but it could be a complicating factor. Right. I could see that. And the tone, if you... There's so much about, like, first impressions that can color how you see a fictional universe. And because the tone of Serenity is at parts a lot darker than the way that Firefly is. I could see someone taking that impression of the stylistic tone into Firefly and not enjoying the lightheartedness of Firefly as much. Yeah. With Serenity, you're also dealing with, um, I don't know, it's you're kind of sidestepping all the development of the characters. So you, I think you would kind of miss out on some of the buildup that happens both for characters and plot points. Yeah. But again, not a deal breaker, just something to avoid if you can. If for no other reason than narrative purposes. Yeah. So that's the only piece of feedback we had for now. Um, we do love hearing from people and we want to hear from you more because we record these shows and then we can look at the stats and see that people are listening. But um, we don't want to just see... A number we want to actually hear back from people so please email us at feedback at betterworlds.net or um, you can also contact us on twitter at betterworlds.net i just remembered that i do have a piece of follow-up oh good listener trey wanted to share that like me they also like origin stories take that matthew <laughs> <laughs> matthew do you have anything to say for yourself <laughs> I think if we see the origin of Batman or Superman or Spider-Man again, people will riot. The end. <laughs> I already literally rioted in the theater in the first three minutes of Batman versus Superman. So Same. Well, I didn't literally riot, but I was... I was rioting in my heart. Seething. Seething, that's the word. I will make an addendum to my prior point that when it's a character people are not well-versed in... I'm okay with an origin story. 
like Doctor Strange, for instance. I expect no one to know anything about Doctor Strange, so you need an origin story. I will make a further disclosure that they did note that origin stories can be a little overplayed, but they tend to like them whenever they they happen. I'm, I just like when all the elements are in play and you can enjoy, like you don't. It doesn't feel like you're spending so much time starting. Yeah, I think that with the Marvel movies, there's been a push to incorporate the origin stories into other stories that are happening. That's been helpful. Then in a lot of other franchises, you don't get the origin stories until after you kind of get like a story that's interesting on its own merits. And then you get the origin story because you're already wondering at that point what the origin story is. Are you talking in comics or movies? Um, Just anything. Okay. I mean, like, even Star Wars, like, you get the original trilogy, and, like, I mean, so you get the original trilogy, and then years later you get the prequel trilogy, and the reason it was interesting to people is that they had been wondering for decades what the Clone Wars even were, or where Anakin had come from, and all that. So it's like, I mean, a lot of origin stories are interesting because you already are invested in the story and the characters. Yeah, uh, that is the kind of origin story that I enjoy. Okay. If I already know the character. Uh, for instance, I read Batman Year One a while back. That was fun to see. And I already knew about Batman. So, but, yeah. But then I think of, like, Captain America. And I'm not too familiar with him outside of the movies. But he's more interesting if you do know his origin story. So it makes a lot of sense to start there with him. Yeah, because so much of who he is is where he came from and how he changed and everything. Well, and I know that with Wonder Woman, they've been toying with the with her origins in recent comic iterations. So, origin stories can be interesting in that respect too, if they alter it slightly and kind of an, a reimagined origin. Is her upcoming movie expected to be an origin story? I suppose it's kind of from the trailers. I I don't have uh, much knowledge beyond that. Uh, From the trailers, it seems like it's her origin story of how she begins to interact with the quote-unquote world of men. Yeah, I don't think you could do a... You could do an origin, like how she got... I don't know, she grew up, but that wouldn't be as interesting to people because it would be entirely on Themyscira. Yeah. I mean, maybe that'd be interesting to some people, but I think it would be hard to, for a general audience, to relate entirely to that because they view her as part of the larger DC universe. So if she's completely doing stuff on an island the whole time, it would be, I don't know, uh, wouldn't have that sense of connection that people are looking for. In one of the trailers, she does note that her father is Zeus, so they are using that origin rather than her being made from clay. So, Well, just to reiterate, we would love to hear from you, so please email us, feedback at betterworlds.net, or on Twitter at betterworlds.net, even if it's just to say hi. We want to hear from you. And we definitely want to hear stuff about dinosaurs, because people should talk more about dinosaurs, is our group opinion i'm sure yeah well 
the way we're recording these, we release every two weeks and we are recording roughly halfway between release dates. The result of that is that a fair amount of our feedback comes after we've recorded the next episode um, from people who are listening like eight days after the episode came out. So that's, for instance, why we had Firefly feedback now. But, you know, we can still talk about those things that are a couple episodes ago. Um, everything that we talk about in this episode, we'll have links in the show notes at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash five. And with that, uh, let's get to our main topic. Last week we talked about news and science relating to dinosaurs. And today we want to continue talking about dinosaurs, but kind of delve more into their role and place in pop culture. Hold on to your butts. We've kind of named February Dinosaur Month. And um, Trevor has actually come up with, and as far as I know, a completely unique term for the field of study that we're going to be looking at today, cultural dinopology. <laughs> I was alone in the chat room for like maybe a minute and got bored and that's what happened. So The point is he's copyrighted it at this point. So if you use it and you don't give him a dime every time, there will probably be lawsuits, I'm guessing, maybe. I'm okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean that Matthew owes you money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys use it. It's okay. <laughs> on the show only. I mean, if you start using it elsewhere, I'll have to, I'll have to call my lawyer. <laughs> I mean, we're basically doing plugs for it for you here. Every time we say cultural dinopology, we're just creating buzz. That's true. If you, you can mention it in the context of the show, I'll allow it. If I tweet about it, it will be cultural pinodology. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded something like pineapples. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, the first and uh, most salient point of cultural dinopology or dinosaurs in pop culture would just be the dinosaurs that you are seeing the most. So uh, in that sense, the thing that I feel exemplifies that is that if you're looking at anything from like cereal to children's toys and um, to fruit snacks to just everything, you're basically going to see archetypes of five dinosaurs and you probably have an idea of what those are. But the main five ones are Tyrannosaurus, Triceratops, Stegosaurus, I'm going to say Brontosaurus because that's what it is now, and <laughs> Pterodactyl. So I just think it's interesting that you see those and uh, how they have gained so much prevalence. And I think some of that is that a lot of those were earlier species that were discovered in the sense that around, I guess, roughly the late 1800s, early 1900s, those were some of the first ones that were seen. And at least with like T-Rex and Triceratops and Stegosaurus, they all have very charismatic features. So I guess when I think of, uh, I, I'm interested in what you guys think of the Brontosaurus, because that to me is almost like base dinosaur. Like there's not anything super interesting about it other than i guess the long neck well it was for a little while my favorite dinosaur so thanks for denigrating it publicly <laughs> on air no no i wasn't denigrating i was saying if anything it's the archetypal dinosaur oh okay i thought you said it wasn't interesting um it doesn't have like charismatic features is what i'm saying like if you look at a triceratops it has 
the horns and the frill and the stegosaurus has the uh, thagomizer and the back frills and frills plates whatever you want to call them yeah plates they'd be plates the thagomizers are the tail spikes oh yeah (laughs) and the (laughs) thank you for interpreting um the the t-rex has the huge death jaws and the tiny useless arms the when you get to the brontosaurus they're kind of like the most they look like a lizard like a bit like if you were going to say what a giant terrible lizard is you'd probably get something close to a brontosaurus the way i saw it brontosaurus was kind of the star of the show um way bigger taller than anything else can totally kill you just with its neck or just with its tail or it could just stomp you um and it's so big and particularly the long neck and long tail to me kind of superseded any need for any other gizmos like horns or things. So for you, size matters. Yes. Well, it did. It did when I was six. I mean, my favorite now is not that. I know I told you guys that I had not prepared at all for this episode, but I, I did kind of prepare for this segment um, because I wanted to know why those five, well, I'm, not counting pterodactyl right now, but those four dinosaurs were so popular. And I was thinking maybe they were the first to be discovered, kind of like what Matthew was kind of getting into. But what about Iguanodon? Yeah, I was... (laughs) Steal my thunder, why don't you? (laughs) Steal my thunder lizard. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Dino Joko. (laughs) From my... I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. All the listeners are laughing. All... From my very cursory reading of Wikipedia, it seems like Megalosaurus, Iguanodon, and Hadrosaurus were the first, some of the first dinosaurs to be discovered during the dinosaur craze. And some of those were in England. My impression, so I guess my prediction for why those are the popular four dinosaurs is because if you think of Megalosaurus, Iguanodon and Hadrosaurus, they're kind of, I don't know, they're similar body structures and kind of blah. Whereas with Stegosaurus and Triceratops, they're, well, I guess what I'm getting at is all of the four dinosaurs have very defining features that are different from, very different from each other. Whereas the earliest ones that were discovered had more relatively similar body types. Mm, that's a point. Iguanodon is the one that always seemed kind of boring to me in terms of not really, like just being a big lizard. Right. Also, I think those four are North American species. That was what I was going to go with too when you were talking about like, oh yeah, it's because they're American. That's probably why they can't. Right. Well, and so in the... We are immersed in the United States culture, so it makes sense that the media in the United States and the cultural touchstones that we have would reference North American dinosaur species that were made popular in our dinosaur craze. So, which you, Matthew, were kind of alluding to with the charismatic features, but hmm. I, I included Brontosaurus in that because it is another very unique body type 
And I do think that size matters in the public opinion. That's actually a fairly good point. Do you think most people know at this point that Brontosaurus is not really its own thing? It is its own. They changed it. it. Yeah, it is now. They changed it back. <sighs> but now it's distinct from Apatosaurus. I guess it was back in the day, too, but not really. In... <laughs> it's got a complicated history. I thought they switched it back again. The last I'd heard it, Brontosaurus is a thing again. It is. I was going to say we should talk about that, but then I realized this is not the science podcast. Yeah. I actually did a search to make sure I wasn't going to sound like an idiot. And when I saw that the first search result for Brontosaurus is the Wikipedia article about Apatosaurus, I thought, I'm safe. I can ask this. Right. It's in relatively recent history. They've given it back the status of a, a separate species. Okay. Originally, the Apatos, the Brontosaurus was an Apatosaurus skeleton with a Camarasaurus head. Um, I don't, I don't real feel really confident on what is the defining feature of the Brontosaurus at this point. But they had a similar thing happen really recently with Triceratops, where they discovered, oops, it's something like that was a juvenile and I think it was a Taurosaurus or something was actually the real one. But this time, this time after the whole Brontosaurus, Apatosaurus debacle, they were like, Nope, screw it. The thing that is the important one is Triceratops now. Like they just, <laughs> they said, we're not losing this. And they changed it around to make it be what it needed to be. So the Triceratops remain Triceratops. So it's interesting to me that you don't mention raptors at all in this big five. That's because they're not in the big five. Raptors were nothing before Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's fair. And I think it's an interesting, like, they were used very effectively in that, but they weren't done, like, now we know that they would have been fairly feathered. So I can't, like, it's hard to imagine them coming off as terrifying as they did in that movie if they had looked very bird-like. Or even very Velociraptor-like. That That's addressed in the movies, but we can talk about that when we dive a little deeper into Jurassic Park. But that's specifically addressed in the franchise. They do do that, yeah. No, I understand what they're saying there. I'm just saying that they didn't, when they got down to depicting them on the artistic level, they didn't do that. But they did at varying levels, but we... <laughs> are we talking Jurassic Park? Sounds like it. We can transition that. So we're talking like literally the third and fourth Jurassic Park movie right now? Is that where we want to start? Wait, were they feathered in the fourth one? They were feathered in the third one, and in the fourth one they talked about why they weren't feathered earlier. <laughs> I don't remember that part. Maybe I... Okay, okay. I guess we're doing Jurassic Park. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so in the first and second movie, they're not feathered. And then before the third one came out, people started talking more about how they should have been feathered. And so in the third movie, they actually did start to kind of put some feathers on them. And I think... Okay, so then in the fourth movie that just came out more recently, Jurassic World, they explain when they're talking about how they have built their own, basically designed their own dinosaur, they talk about how there always has been an element of designing what people want to see. And so, like, they're not making perfect clones of the dinosaurs. That was never what they were doing. They were using those as a basis to build things that people wanted to see. And so it was more frightening to people to build dinosaurs without feathers. So they chose to do that. And then I think the idea is 
as they lived in the wild, they kind of trended back towards their natural state because they were, they started getting their feathers. They started communicating more. They started getting even smarter. But in those original movies, it's interesting how a lot of the stuff in Jurassic world kind of lampshades the things that are happening in the movie making. So the scientists in the movie were designing dinosaurs that would scare the people for fun when they came to the park. But the movie makers are doing exactly the same thing for the movie goers. Yeah. I was going to say the way you were describing the Jurassic world commentary that I did not remember at all had to, it like, it's so much just the meta commentary of how they set stuff up in the movie and then we're like, Oh, let's just put this in the script. That'll work. Yeah. And I remember, um, going in Jurassic world, I knew they were going to have this like fake dinosaur. And I thought this is going to be so dumb. How are they going to rescue this? And then they, they totally talk about that the whole time. They're like, this is dumb. Why are we building a bigger dinosaur? Just give people a T-Rex. And they're like, no, people want to see something bigger and scarier. And it's like, watching the whole movie you're just listening to the people on the screen talk about the people in the theater basically i look forward to like jurassic whatever eight where they literally just made godzilla (laughs) (laughs) and for some reason set the theme park in japan did i talk too many spoilers on jurassic park we're kind of past the statute of limitations right if people haven't seen we're not trying to convince people to see jurassic park because if they're interested in dinosaurs they probably will Okay. So all of these other top five do show up in Jurassic Park earlier on, but you're right. They, they kind of pulled Velociraptor or Dionychus out as kind of a dark horse thing that they could make more unique to that franchise almost. And it's interesting just how they play around with stuff because like they make the Dilophosaur, the one with the frill that shoots the poison stuff that we have no idea if it actually shot poison stuff. Or had a frill. Yeah, or had a frill, but they, the, from what I've seen, I think the, those are actually considerably bigger than they were in Jurassic Park. Yes. So it's weird that they made one smaller <laughs> because it had to be smaller for the, what they were using it for, but it arguably could have been more terrifying if they made it, but I don't know. I guess they thought they had enough big run around therapy ones. I think they wanted something smaller that was a little more interesting that they could kind of play for laughs a little bit and make a little more interesting situation out of rather than just having something that looked like a tiny theropod that attacked him like a dog or whatever. Mm -hmm. Trevor, explain what you meant by Velociraptor slash Deinonychus. Velociraptor slash Deinonychus. So a lot of people know by now that Velociraptor is actually a really small dinosaur and the velociraptors in Jurassic Park are like six feet tall. Um, this is commonly thought to be a mistake, but it's actually not because when the book was written, Deinonychus was categorized as a velociraptor. And so what you see in the movies that's called velociraptor is actually Deinonychus. And it's not a mistake. It's just that one clutcher changed over time. And also velociraptor sounds way cooler than Deinonychus. So what you have is the book was written using the correct term at the time for Deinonychus. And then that term was narrowed down later on to refer to uh, Deinonychus was kind of put into a different family. I was not aware of that. Yeah. 
Dinonychus in literal name meeting is kind of cooler, though, than Velociraptor. Velociraptor is just implying speed. Dinonychus is terrible claw. Yes, it is cool if you know that. Velociraptor is easier to say. Or it's smoother to say than Dinonychus. And especially Raptor is a little easier than... Nychus. Nychus, or whichever part means. Although it did confuse a generation of kids when you would refer to Raptor meaning the birds of prey. Oh, yeah. And people would be like, oh, there's some raptors over there. What? <laughs> I... <laughs> and for Dinonychus, like you can't shorten it to the first part or then you're just saying dino and it just sounds really dumb. And if you say Nychus, it's getting too close to copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. That's how Velociraptors got into Jurassic Park. It was all about the copyright lawyers. So we should... I Those blood-sucking lawyers. <laughs> I'm interested if you guys were going to rate the four movies, which like going from best to worst, what would your rating be? Do you want to go first, Trevor? I can, if you want me to do it. Okay. Um, I would certainly rank the first Jurassic Park as number one. I'm sure you're all surprised by this. Yes. So (laughs) surprised. Um, and not only would I say Jurassic Park is an incredible movie. Okay. So not rather, not only would I say that Jurassic Park is an excellent dinosaur movie, it is an excellent movie period. And it is perhaps the best example I know of a very successful adaptation of a book that actually doesn't cleave too closely to the book itself. Um, it, it does in some ways, but it's really its own thing as well. And there are only really two movies that I can point to as being just incredibly, like almost perfect adaptations by being really good movies. And that is Jurassic Park and Babe. <laughs> so I, I don't know. The book had a lot more um, soliloquizing. I don't think that's the right term, but Babe, no. <laughs> Jurassic Park had a lot more yeah. just talking about nonlinear mathematics. Like he was really. Right. So, yeah, the book and the movie are fairly different. And a big part of that is that Ian Malcolm talks a whole lot more in the book. And to me, at least the action parts in the book are actually kind of boring. And when Ian Malcolm starts talking again is when it gets interesting. And in the movie, you have very gripping action parts mixed in with his talking and he doesn't go on quite as long, but it is still interesting. Um, okay. So I guess I've only said what my top one would be. Um, probably place Jurassic world second because not because I hate two and three as much as a lot of people do, but rather because I think it ties everything together really well. Like with what I talked about earlier, it explains a lot of the complaints that people had with some of the other movies very well. And it brings back the original T-Rex even in a really cool way. I thought the, well, I guess that was a spoiler. Gasp. Gasp. There's a T-Rex, guys, in the movie. Um, It is actually the same one. Uh, That is a confirmed fact. If you didn't know, it is the same T-Rex from the first movie. Um, I thought the final fight scene was very satisfying, very well done. Um. A lot of the things that people thought were cheesy, I just thought were amazing. So deal with it. Um, And what was the other thing? Oh, they also, 
even addressed some of the things that people just plain didn't like, like Jurassic Park 3, people really hated the Spinosaurus. When that T-Rex comes out, um, it smashes right through a skeleton of a Spinosaurus. That was satisfying. It just demolishes it without a second thought. So even some little nods to the fans like that. I just thought it kind of brought everything together really well. I don't know how they'll do going forward from there. It could get crazy again, but I thought they kind of wrapped up the package nicely with that one. Mm -hmm. Dustin, what about you? He didn't say his third and fourth rating. Oh. Mm, I guess I would probably put the third one next and then the Lost World after that. Okay, now I will share. Uh, First is Jurassic Park. Second is The Lost World. I, as a 10-year-old, I really liked the survival-esque story of The Lost World with them being in the dinosaur's habitat rather than in a park with human construction around. And yes, I know that there are human buildings. That's the same thing that I like about the third one, actually. Yeah. I also... 10-year-old me also liked the what if a T-Rex was loose in a city? Now, (laughs) adult me doesn't like that part of the movie, of course, but uh, I still like that. I like the movie in general, and the fact that it's based on a book is a plus for me, albeit loosely, because, I mean, Jurassic Park and the Lost World movies switch some details between the books, so... Yeah, that's confusing. Um, yeah, it it is what it is. But yeah, a lot of the the things from the first and second book, like the things from the first book aren't necessarily in the first movie, and the things from the second book aren't necessarily in the second movie. They kind of mix and match a little bit. Like the opening of the second movie is actually how Jurassic Park, the book, opens, I think. Yeah, they swap the openings. I really disliked... Number three, and I really disliked Jurassic World. And I disliked Jurassic World less than I disliked Jurassic Park 3. So my order would be one, two, four, three. What about you, Matthew? So to uh, remove all the tension, my order is actually the same as Dustin's. However, I want, I like Jurassic World more than. Dustin did, and I would maybe only put it just a hair behind. Um, wait, what am I saying? Jurassic, yeah, I would only put Jurassic World maybe a hair behind the Lost World. Um, but I would there. So I really like T Rex, and the fact that the Lost World is very apologetic about them. It like there's a whole bunch of like they can ha- they have family groups they care for mm. each other they're not just mindless killers like that was something that I liked about the movie a lot right um and yeah then the fact that it also was based on a book I liked oh actually no I want to okay so here's my official rating one Jurassic Park two The Lost World three Jurassic World I'm going to introduce a new element four getting hit by a bus. And five, <laughs> Jurassic Park 3. I hate you guys so much right now. <laughs> uh, there is so much that annoys me about Jurassic Park 3. 
like I want to I I like Alan Grant and this movie was undeserving of him. <laughs> yes. That's and just the, they like they they've got people who are just utter like the the mother in that is such an utter stereotype of just woman in a horror movie who does nothing but scream the whole time and maybe I don't know it it was annoying. <laughs> and they had the whole, like, we've got to make something bigger than T-Rex. Here's the Spinosaurus. It's mm-hmm. going to win in a fight against T-Rex, which annoys the heck out of me because, that. well, that's... And then that, in part, then plays into why I liked Jurassic World somewhat because of the stuff Trevor was pointing out. A lot of the reasons that you just gave for liking two better than three are very similar to the reasons that I like three better than two. And that is... I thought that the return of Alan Grant was done a lot better than the return of Ian Malcolm. As much as I like Ian Malcolm, I didn't think he was great in Jurassic Park 2. I also really didn't like the girl at all. She seemed like a huge stereotype, just like screaming girl kind of thing to me. I felt like she did stuff on her own. She Which did, girl? She did gymnastics to kick dinosaurs in the face and that like it seemed like such a weak attempt at like oh we're gonna make her like this strong female character and then she's literally just doing gymnastics and somehow that's enough to like confuse and defeat the velociraptors are we talking about his girlfriend or his daughter his daughter oh okay i was picturing his girlfriend oh i'm talking about the daughter the daughter annoys me oh okay yeah it also annoys me that she's his daughter (laughs) it just seems contrived they're trying to add more human story to make the stakes higher i guess ah yes the sort of human story that can be found in jurassic park 3 when a father goes to rescue his son sans the hokey dinosaur stuff what i i just disliked so many things about jurassic park 3 and it's been so long since i've seen it and have tried to since forget it that i (laughs) don't have much clear rebuttal for you i do like the the stuff about the t-rex family dynamics in jurassic park 2 the lost world i didn't like the stuff where they're rampaging through the city i didn't like that they ate a dog um the part where like everyone on the ship is dead felt doesn't make sense it didn't make any sense it was like they were trying to somehow invoke like the Philadelphia experiment or something. And it just didn't make any sense. Cause it's like this happened and like, Oh, why is everybody dead? But like, they're still locked up. Like what? It just did not make sense to me. Um, I still think about that every once in a while. And it just didn't really make a lot of sense. You do realize that ra- they were implying Raptors got on the ship and killed everyone, right? No, I didn't. No, I did not realize that. Oh, I thought, okay, maybe that was not as clear as I remembered it being. <laughs> I thought that the T-Rex somehow got out and killed everyone, but then somehow this person who was dying or had their arm bitten off managed to lure it back. I don't know. (laughs) I still think that's what they were trying to get at, but it just doesn't make sense to me that somehow they got it back in the hold. Yeah. But, I mean, raptors makes more sense. If they were implying that raptors had gotten into the ship, then, like, why weren't raptors then running through the city? Because raptors are smarter, is the Jurassic Park answer. So they were smart <laughs> enough to get off the boat? Get off the boat and hide. Even though the boat was already in motion? 
hey, if they can teach themselves how to talk, they can learn how to swim. <laughs> they didn't speak English. I think they learn how to swim in the books at some point. Um, I'm pretty sure they mimicked human voice in Jurassic Park 3, which was one of the things I hated. No, 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 no. They do not mimic human voice. They didn't? No, a human mimics their speech by blowing into like one of their skulls or something. Yeah, that's stupid too. <laughs> they had a case like a a mold of one of the resonating chambers of the inside of a raptor skull and yeah. by magically blowing into that you could <laughs> That makes perfect sense. I seem to remember the raptors making some kind of weird non-raptor sound. <sighs> and also realizing that if it held still behind this I don't know container of liquid it would look like it was pre preserved and could therefore trick the humans that were strolling through the building they were used to walking around all these tanks of like preserved stuff I, everything about the raptors in jurassic park 3 makes perfect sense i hated the raptors i hated the raptors in jurassic park 3 the raptors in jurassic park 3 and well hmm, kind of into not as much are kind of like the elves in the Lord of the Rings. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, sir? Wait, you can can you explain that more? Um the directors seem to have a love affair with the raptors and inflated their role in in everything. That's because Jurassic Park 3 is mostly about the raptors. No, you're forgetting the awesomeness of Spinosaurus and how it just right. destroys everything. That too. That was but, just uh, that was an incidental thing that ended up being far more egregious than we could have feared. <laughs> Spinosaurus? Yeah. Okay, so wait, what was your rebuttal? The awesomeness of raptors that were in Jurassic Park 3? No, like the Spinosaurus like they wanted a bigger, scarier dinosaur and Right. It wasn't time for Jurassic World yet, so they couldn't do that whole thing where they say, like, we're just making what people want to see. So, like, they tried to make something bigger and scarier. It upset people. I agree. It was annoying seeing the Spinosaurus defeat the T-Rex. Nowhere near as annoying to me as it was to one of my best friends in high school at the time who just, like, didn't stop talking about it for months. But Well, and it's wrong. It's wrong. Let's throw that out there. It's wrong. Wasn't it? So, okay. I don't think it was like an adult T-Rex at its peak, was it? I'm sure it's whatever they wanted to to make it the new awesome dinosaur. As we noted in, a, in our previous episode, the size extrapolation from the Spinosaurus bone fragments does has been... They've used that to say that it was larger than Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, that's... But they don't know that for sure. <laughs> But they also think it was primarily aquatic and right. that its mouth was basically good for chomping on fish. It's not going to win in something. With they had a swim. In their defense, they didn't realize that at the... Well, okay, not the fish part, but that it was primarily aquatic. They didn't have that information. I don't think that was widely. I mean, they did have it swimming, though, like underwater and stuff in the movie. I have no defense. For, I don't know why I'm trying to defend Jurassic Park 3. It's my... Oh, I agree that that particular battle, that specific moment of Jurassic Park 3 is annoying, but I think this may have been implied. Maybe it's just in my head. I think it was somewhat of a juvenile T-Rex. So a juvenile T-Rex with less experience going up against an older, more at its peak 
Spinosaurus that is also larger than it. That's the only reason that it turned out how it did. I think it was a bit of a fluke. Um, I think there's a little bit of justification for it, even though I don't like it. Maybe in the movie it works. I'm just saying in if there was a possibility of them meeting in real life, which wasn't wouldn't be the case because they were separated by a lot of distance in environments. That's irrelevant in this scenario. I would not put my money on the Spinosaurus. That's irrelevant in this scenario, though. I'm just saying it still annoys me. So um, Jurassic Park 3 also has the shoveler, which is a plus. The shoveler. <laughs> oh, we need to do a Mystery Man episode at some point now. No, we really shouldn't. He shovels well. Again, I... I can't remember the... What's the actor's name? William H. Macy. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Mystery Men. The movie Mystery Men. <laughs> okay, I've not seen that. Anyway, I also like the way that Jurassic Park 3 uses the compies a little more. I thought that was well done. Wait. They got used primarily in The Lost World. They were in Jurassic Park 3 a fair amount, too, though. I don't think as much as in The Lost World. Okay. Maybe not. Which is why The Lost World is better. Well, part of the problem <laughs> with The Lost World is it has Vince Vaughn in it, and I'm not going to say anything more about that. Neither am I. Yeah, I don't know if anyone can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jurassic Park 3, what I was trying to say was, yeah, there's a Spinosaurus who does stuff in it, but... The Velociraptors really are the main dinosaur in that one. And I hated them. And they, it's, I mean, they're talking about how they're changing in the wild from how they were when they were originally made in the park. That's not how evolution works. (laughs) He's got you there. I, (laughs) I'm not going to keep arguing this. Anyway, um, I think that all of, in my opinion, a lot of those complaints about two and three are resolved by Jurassic world, which is why I bump it all the way up to second slot. And see, the reason I can't put it in second slot is because there's so much in, in it that I did like, but I can step back from that and look at it and say like, that's fan service. Like they did it because it's either fan service or uh, there's meta commentary to it that I like, but then I'm looking at it and thinking like that just makes it a, uh, savvy movie making enterprise it's not i don't know trevor how could you put jurassic park or jurassic world at number two when the made-up dinosaur brutally slaughters ankylosaurus that part was very upsetting to me (laughs) and i i had blocked it out and you just reminded me of it yeah well now that it's back in your memory where you put in jurassic world now that is the lowest point in the entire quadrilogy, and I don't like to talk about it. And which movie was that in? That was in, uh, <laughs> let's see, hmm. Jurassic, uh, Jurassic World? But see, I can look past a single moment, unlike certain other people who are still talking about the Spinosaurus defeating the T-Rex. I can look past that single moment. They were all eaten. All of them eat. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. But I can still appreciate the movie for what it is. To be fair, if that was the only, if the Spinosaurus T-Rex fight was the only negative point of Jurassic Park 3, I could let it slide. It is not by a mile <laughs> the only weak point of that movie. So 
Um, let's take a brief respite from our arguments about uh, Jurassic Park 3 in particular and address the presence of these big five in Jurassic Park. Since Jurassic Park is kind of the quintessential dinosaur pop culture artifact. I want to throw out there's not nearly enough Triceratops. There isn't. Amen. That's not my favorite dinosaur by any means, but it's a pretty, I like it a lot. And I'm surprised at how underutilized it is. Like it's a set piece in the first one, basically. Yeah. They're, they're in that one scene with the berries and everything, but they're not really in the movie other than that. Right. I don't believe so. Uh, there might be a baby one in Jurassic world that the kids are riding on. (sighs) Oh yeah. That was dumb. Cool. No, what? That was cool. What? <laughs> it was amazing. So demeaning. Was the did they ride an Ankylosaurus as well? I can't remember. I don't recall. That part was cool. That would have been awesome as a little kid. It would have been awesome, but I'm looking at it. That's fan service. <laughs> it's a park. You serve the people who come to the park. But also, I feel parks are fan service. This is getting really contentious. It really is. <laughs> I would also like to point out that Brontosaurus, Apatosaurus, did not make an appearance until Jurassic world well and there they were just dead they got to be the initial reveal though what's that we're, ju- we're jumping around a lot yeah can okay focus on triceratops <laughs> we're, we're jumping around a whole lot can we go back to the top with t-rex <laughs> we were talking about triceratops first <laughs> okay fine let's start with number two triceratops <laughs> i'm literally looking at a list a numbered list that says at the top no particular order so number two <laughs> triceratops <laughs> Well, we already said where that is. What what more do we have? Uh, well, no. Is there a part in this? Is it Lost World? Is there a part where? No, I'm thinking of Stegosaurus. Yes, where they're walking around and um, in the creek bed. Is her name Sarah? Yeah, in the creek yeah. bed, walks up and like touches it or something. Okay, so Triceratops, we don't see just walking around at any point. I think in that second one, but I don't know if they really show up too much outside of that. No, wait, you said Triceratops. I was thinking Stegosaurus when you... Yeah, I don't... Oh, oh, there is... Yes, there is a Triceratops in Jurassic Jurassic Park, The Lost World, in the camp where the engine people were corralling everything. uh, They let it out of the cage. They let it out, and it headbutts people, because it's... It starts the dino riot. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. Way to go, Triceratops. Good moment for Triceratops. Although I do hope now that they're going to have like Jurassic Park 9 and it'll be the Ceratopsening or something. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that moment where we actually hear the words circle the Triceratops. Because <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening, Matthew says this all the time. Like this is like he says that instead of circle the wagons. Because it's so much better than circling the wagons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's the next one, Trevor? Oh, the next one is number one, T-Rex. I think these get a pretty good amount of representation. Um, I don't know how much we need to say about it. Did they have a T-Rex in this <laughs> franchise? I think there's a T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Maybe. I want to say probably as out of the three of us being the biggest T-Rex fan, they might be overrepresented. They might be. <laughs> they are definitely kind of the star of the show in one and four. And two. And then in two, you even get into like 
their family dynamics and all that stuff. I would argue that they are not overrepresented. That's not a word. Overrepresented because I think that Tyrannosaurus Rex is by far the most popular dinosaur. Yeah, and they they get the spotlight for a huge amount of time in The Lost World, but in Jurassic World and Jurassic Park, they have their moments, but they kind of just, they show up for a little while and then they disappear and then they come back at the end and save everybody. Like even the humans, they're saving the humans. Good job, T-Rex. So I I think that's, yeah, that might not be a representation. They're just saving everybody at the end and being amazing. I do like the part where the T-Rex saves everyone. <laughs> uh, fun fact, in Jurassic Park, the original script or storyboard had Muldoon saving the the people in whatever that the foyer was, I guess. Oh, yeah, the museum-y part. Yeah, I was sad that he died. I, I would have liked that ending better, I think. Really? Yeah, I liked Muldoon. I like Muldoon, but I also like the T-Rex saving them from the Lost Raptors with the When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth banner falling. How did it yeah. get in there? Smash the wall. But the wall's not smashed. It's like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> the wall's not smashed, and it can't fit through the door. So how did it get it? How did it get the in glass. there? The glass. Like, there's like a big glass thing on the front. Much less, how did it sneak up on them? Everyone was so involved in the battle that... I mean, it doesn't exactly sneak up. It just kind of like... It does. They're not even looking at it until it bites the Velociraptor. They're all watching the Velociraptor that's about to pounce on them. And then the T-Rex swoops in and bites it. How did it sneak up on... It, it doesn't... I mean, it doesn't tiptoe up. It just it smashes in and it's there. No, it doesn't smash in. There's no smashing going on. <laughs> it smashes right through the wall and then it's right there. It does not. This is headcanon. <laughs> it's not even in the movie. Somehow it magically <laughs> smashes through. It says, oh yeah. And it chomps up a Velociraptor. Muldoon would be a much better ending. They are skilled hunters, Dustin. They <laughs> know how to lie in wait and to go after their natural prey, tiny velociraptors. <laughs> Maybe it was doing that thing that like really skilled assassins do when they're like they're hanging onto the ceiling, like they're just wedged <laughs> in just so. And then when the velociraptors run in, it just drops straight down. Yeah, but then <sighs> Thank you for making me secretly want like Assassin's Creed dinosaurs. <laughs> That would be an Assassin's Creed game that I would play. Think of how great T-Rex would be with little hidden blades on their arms. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> no, because it couldn't reach anyone. <laughs> little hidden blades that are like half the size of its teeth. <laughs> like, why bother? Yeah, the, no, the, the hidden blades are really big, and that's why they need them. They need extra arm lethality. <laughs> <laughs> they extend the length of their back legs. <laughs> They become quadrupedal, but the front legs are just giant blades. <laughs> this game would sell millions of copies, by the way. <laughs> now, I think that a giant multi-ton lizard that thunders the ground as it walks is a terrible choice for an assassin, but I would still play... <laughs> I <laughs> I want the like tutorial where some helpful NPC is trying to teach T-Rex assassin how to blend into a crowd and he's literally just like several stories taller and he's just like oh jeez this is a rough day 
<laughs> with a little hood. Yes, the hood. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me. I'm just a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> I want to see him jumping off a building into a haystack <laughs> in a beautiful swan dive. <laughs> I want to see him, like, climbing up a bell tower and no one caring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the bell tower just falls over. <laughs> that, well, that means he, he only has so long to do a swan dive on. Guys, I think we have something really solid here. We should get in contact with uh, Ubisoft really quickly. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll have our people call their people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh, pterodactyls in the Jurassic Park movies and then Ooh. move on. Yeah, um, pterodactyl. We should actually preface that this isn't a dinosaur. Yes. What do you mean, Matthew? Well, it's not a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is it's not a dinosaur. Uh, dinosaurs belonging to a specific family of things called dinosauria. It's not in that setup because it's on a different familial line. And what is that lived, familial line? It lived, is it Pterosauria? Yeah. Um, it's, so they're very similar. They're cousins, but they if you're saying dinosaurs it is technically not a dinosaur just like how any water-based things like a plesiosaur isn't they're not technically dinosaurs right or a mosasaur no they're mosasaurs yeah they're just reptiles that being said we're they can totally associate with them and we but it just if you want a trivia answer it's a pterosaur pterosaurs are not dinosaurs Mm -hmm. so tell us about where the pterodactyls come in Aren't they pro- that well? It's not even pterodactyls, but the pterosaurs, or I, I think they're pteranodons, are most prominently featured in Jurassic Park Three. Yes, they are. Yes, they those are pteranodons, not pterodactyls. But most people watching would say, "Hey, look at the pterodactyls." But I mean, we're talking archetypes. So. Okay, fine. But yeah, that's part of why Jurassic Park Three is so amazing. I remember being real excited when those came in. Isn't that the end of Jurassic Park? Like you see them flying next to a helicopter or something. Like, it's only a, a little thing right at the end. It's not really... In Jurassic Park 3? No, it not it at the end of Jurassic... It's a ter- that's a pelican. Oh, is it a pelican? Okay, I'm... Yeah. No, no, in the no in the first movie, there's the pelicans. Right. In the fourth movie, the last one at this point, near the end, you do see... I, I'm not sure the specific species, but you see some sort of flying thing that people think of as a dinosaur flying near a helicopter and like a guy shoots it did it have a tail like a long tail i don't remember it has like this freaky looking like almost t-rex head yeah i don't know what that is pterodactyl is a pterosaur with a long tail generally or at least it's generally represented with a long tail pteranodon has a long crest i don't believe that pterodactyl does um And the pterodactyls are smaller. Pteranodons were the largest pterosaurs until uh, Quetzalcoatlus was found. I believe that's how you say the name. What's so funny? Uh, 
Um, <laughs> no, I was laughing because I was trying to think of what the name of that thing was. And what came to mind was Ornithorhynchus. And I was like, I'll let go put in our... Ornithorhynchus is that is a platypus so don't that is not (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that definitely has the largest wingspan (laughs) so i the lost world was actually the first jurassic park movie that i saw and i i saw that and then i saw jurassic park and so i remember the uh, pterosaurs being introduced in the third one and i was like yeah finally that's cool um so that's part of why jurassic world and Jurassic Park 3 or higher for me because I was excited to see them finally acknowledged at all. So Quetzalcoatlus Northropi is very large. Yeah, that's the biggest pterosaur, I think. You're correct. I'm trying real hard to keep it on pop culture. (laughs) They have a very nice segment on... (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't listening at all to what you were saying about Jurassic... uh, The Lost World was your first Jurassic Park movie? Yeah. I literally went and had pizza with my dad and he explained the premise of Jurassic Park and then we went and saw The Lost World and then I saw Jurassic Park later. Why did um I'm not going to go into that. It was in the theater. Okay. And I had been deemed too young to see Jurassic Park when it was out. And this was back in the day when it was a little tougher to get a hold of stuff to watch it, especially if you lived overseas. So, mm, yeah. My mom took me to see Jurassic Park in the theaters. I was six years old and I listened very well when she said to cover my eyes and I didn't see any scary parts. I loved the entire thing because I wanted to be a paleontologist. Jurassic Park is very dear to me. Did she make you cover your eyes when the little snotty kid came on the screen so that you wouldn't worry that you were him? (laughs) No. I'm sure you identified much more with the like the actual main character boy rather than the snotty kid at the dig site. Oh, yeah. Because I wasn't snotty. I was very respectful. Right. And I would never have said, it's like a giant turkey. Jeez. People. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we've covered, let's see. Movies. We did cover stegosaurs. They show up on that creek bed, but not much else besides that, right? I think we covered them all now, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, we did. We did mention I mean, stegosaurs. We, yeah, we they, were jumping around. We weren't really covering stuff. Stegosaurus is also very underutilized. Yeah. And then the long necks get the glorious moment of introduction, mm-hmm. but not much else throughout. So, uh, wait, hold on. Are we just categorizing all sauropods as being brontosaurus? The big five <laughs> here are archetypes, not specifics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I feel I feel like I keep trying to say, like, we're talking archetypes for pop culture purposes. And okay. you guys are like, Quetzalcoatlus? <laughs> Quetzalcoatlus. And I'm like, movies, guys. I watch them. Okay. I, I just want to share with the listeners that the last episode we did, I thought was going to cover both dinosaur science and dinosaur pop culture. And I thought, oh, good. I'll be able to talk during the pop culture part. <laughs> And then I found out that we were splitting into two episodes, and I felt like I was going to have nothing to say because Dustin and Matthew know so much more about actual dinosaur science than I do, whereas I just always kind of watched movies, and I was like, that one looks cool. That one's awesome. Yeah, chomp. Chomp him. And so... 
So this is my moment, and you guys are still trying to go into taxonomies, and I'm like, long necks, the flying ones, the ones with the smashy tails. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Lil Bashy strikes again. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm not going to bash anymore then. <laughs> Around the same time that you were watching Jurassic Park, I was probably watching uh, The Land Before Time for the umpteenth time. Yeah, I watched that when I was three or four. Well, I was still watching it when I was six, <laughs> is my point. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to television. Can we move on to television? Sure. Do we have- Trevor, do you have anything else to say about Jurassic Park? I guess not. Okay. Well, well, it sounds like you do. No, not really. I think we, the covering of the Big Five representation was a little kind of crazy all over the place, but we got through it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so we've noted in TV, there being roughly two main series that feature dinosaurs in them let's start with the lesser of the two <laughs> um which was a more recent show from what was it 20 early 2010s called terra nova i'm not for i do you think everyone would i don't know if anyone's really that familiar with this show so i think it has vanished from the public mind fairly quickly probably a so, good thing <laughs> um feel free to, to explain uh so this show is a lot of wasted potential. Let's just throw it. Is that fair? Fair assessment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Terra Nova involved people at some point in the future of our society where they've just completely screwed up the world. So they're, <laughs> they're sensible. Um, that's That's not science fiction at all. <laughs> their sensible way of dealing with that is to say, well, this is all gone to pot. Let's go back in time and start a new colony and were they looking for something or were they just wanting to colonize mass and mass i think it was colonize and mass eventually they just wanted to consume the world of the past yeah so it's basically a time paradox <laughs> in the making which is a weird headache to have to deal with so basically they they completely destroyed the earth so like let's go back further and destroy it again i guess and destroy it earlier and yeah but wasn't it in a different on a different earth it was i think they did say that like it's technically a a different oh did it fork the timelines or something the times, but they treated it like it didn't like they were completely talking about it like it was their past the whole time They even did things that manipulated the future at certain points i think that's what they were i don't know they weren't really consistent with it again it's (laughs) kind of like ships that travel at the speed of plot it's it wait how fast is that however fast it needs to be (laughs) um yeah, it would. The timelines would interfere with each other when it was convenient for the story. So anyway, so the logical thing is they said, "Let's go back in time to when there were dinosaurs," because that's easily the safest point for humans to go back to. But <laughs> they went back and colonized, and then got to hang out with dinosaurs, and then there was some conspiracy stuff. And okay, there should have been at least like eighty percent of this should have been dinosaurs, solidly. More than that, great, but baseline should have been eighty. What was it like? Maybe. 25% of the time there were dinosaurs and sometimes it was just they were there like there were some dinosaurs in the background doing some stuff it was yeah yeah <laughs> not enough whatever it was there there wasn't there were not enough dinosaurs in this even though there were a few moments where it, I don't know it was just 
like that was the selling point like it's people going back in time living with dinosaurs and then they didn't do anything with it half the time even the main character is not a a paleontologist knows how to work with animals or somebody who knows about the past or a brilliant mathematician a brilliant chaos mathematician or anybody who would know <laughs> the first thing about how to deal with dinosaurs. He is literally a cop and he like, I mean that it's even kind of a point of the story is that he was not deemed qualified <laughs> to go back. He kind of sneaks in at gunpoint, isn't it? Oh, wasn't it because his wife went or something? Yeah. He was like trying to follow his wife or something. Oh. Cause his wife's actually a qualified scientist of some yeah. sort. And then or she was like a doctor. Okay. So she was useful for that reason, but still nothing to do with the dinosaurs. So he's going around the whole time, like being the main character, saving everybody, but literally just based on his knowledge of like discerning that burglars came in through a window because the window is smashed. Like that's literally (laughs) the extent of his skills. And he got by on the rough streets of the future so he can get by on the he got by in the concrete jungle, so he can get by on the regular jungle. <laughs> so, yeah, way too few dinosaurs. And even when there are dinosaurs, they make up dinosaurs. I think that was part of the, it's a different Earth. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely creative license, but they tried to explain it as being a different Earth. Because I remember being really ticked off with that, too. And then they're like, oh, it's a different Earth. Not all the dinosaurs are the same. Okay, whatever. Jeez. I think they were going, like, I think they had this grand vision somewhere of doing a couple seasons of it, and they wanted to build up to having a T-Rex. But they did not, they did not merit (laughs) getting past one season. So what we're trying to tell you is that if you want to pick up a fictional dinosaur-related show, this is not your ideal starting point. This is, if you have a lot of time to burn and are very enthusiastic about dinosaurs and your love for them can weather any storm. So we'll move on to the one that went from moderate to, uh, in my opinion, went from moderate to good over the length of it. Um, a British show called Primeval. Oh, that's a new. So Primeval uh, is predominantly set in England and then random parts throughout the past. They have as a plot element that, portals open up that are just what do they call them they're not portals they call them something anomalies anomalies that's right because it's the anomaly research center okay so they they just open up and they're random they are portals into a different time and or place in the past sometime for the most part um and they used uh, basically the show got made because in our last show we talked about the documentary series Walking with Dinosaurs, they had all the computer models for all the dinosaurs and prehistoric creatures they had done, and they wanted to do something more with them, so they plugged them in, and those same models get used in this TV show. So if you ever watch Walking with Dinosaurs and you thought, I liked the way they did this dinosaur, it's probably in Primeval. Uh, Primeval, so basically a group of people ends up becoming like a first response team for whenever one of these uh, anomalies opens up at some various place in England and they go and try to either contain the stuff that's getting out or more likely it already opened and they have to track down whatever walked through the portal and get it to go back in back to its own time. Yeah. And they commit hard to that. <laughs> like if on the occasions where something 
is changed in the past, they have it play out in ramifications in the future. Maybe not. So it's generally, it kind of at first plays as like a monster of the week type thing where, oh, a Gorgonopsid walked through. We need to deal with that. They basically just do that, but then it builds some overarching plot elements that's that are generally um, engaging. I was of the, so there's, I think, five seasons of it. I was of the opinion that it was kind of okay in the first several seasons, and then when it got to the fourth season, it took a jump up in quality. I don't know why that is, but it interested me a lot more at that point. So, to sum up that, we would say don't watch Terra Nova, but Primeval is worth a watch. Did you guys ever watch a movie that was oh man, it was a baby sauropod in present day that was found oh man i can't remember what it is i've seen the cover of it you know okay so you do know what i'm referencing yeah because that was really vague i'm pro- <laughs> i'm surprised i've i saw the cover and um i don't know if i was interested or not if i was young enough i might have been interested because being a big fan of land before time or wait Sorry, did you say sauropod? Yes. Or ceratopsian? Okay, sauropod, yeah. Um, being a big fan of Land Before Time, um, Littlefoot being the main character, I might have thought that was really cool. If I was perhaps a little bit older, I might have realized it was probably just a knockoff of E.T. Which, again, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know, but I assume it's probably an E.T. knockoff. The movie is Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend. <laughs> okay, also the name doesn't help it. Um, did you guys ever see prehysteria? No. Yes, I think I did. Where the kid finds the dinosaur eggs and they hatch into tiny dinosaurs and they're his best friends. Yes. Oh man, I never saw it, but I'm aware of it. I remember that. I had a poster of that. I don't remember if it's actually good. I just remember thinking like, this is brilliant. Like (laughs) I was like, I need, I don't think it was actually good, but Oh no, it probably wasn't. I was just as a child thinking, can I obtain these eggs somehow like where did he yeah. find like i wanted to take notes and go to the same place and acquire the eggs i remember asking my mom to order me the poster from however you ordered things back in those days some sort of phone catalog <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <laughs> the good dinosaur i will not tell spoilers for it but i will say briefly i was excited because it's about dinosaurs uh, this world needs more dinosaurs in media. So I thought that would be a good thing, but it turns out you also need to have a good story and lovable characters and a compelling world. <laughs> and the good dinosaur had none of those things. The good dinosaur is an entire movie with several traumatizing points that I was surprised to have to relive multiple times throughout the movie as well as um, a couple of things that could have been good basis for jokes in a much better movie. But instead, it was like, wow, that is really being wasted right there because you could actually make that an interesting part of a better movie. So I, I do not recommend The Good Dinosaur. I was extremely disappointed with it. And it, it's not even one of those cases where I can say maybe it'd be great for kids because... 
Um, I'm a grown adult and I was traumatized by this movie. Not even because I cared. I was just traumatized even though I didn't care. Hmm. Have you seen it, Matthew? No, I saw it, like everything. I remember being really excited when I saw they had a dinosaur movie before they even had a title for it. And I thought, okay, that should be interesting. Then I saw that it was called The Good Dinosaur. And I was like, you're implying that some of them aren't. And <laughs> then just the more that I saw things about it, I was like, okay, I'm not in love with the art style. I'm not in love with the way they're doing the dinosaurs. I'm not in love with the plot line. I'm like, and so I have not seen it. And I probably won't. Yeah, I still don't even know why it was called The Good Dinosaur. Because um, it was kind of like... The idea was that he didn't think he was as good as the other dinosaurs or like he had to prove himself. But like the good dinosaur kind of implies it's almost going to be somehow like a take on the good Samaritan, but it really isn't. And, you know, it might have a couple tie-ins, but it doesn't, I don't, I don't even know why it was called that. Um, I don't even, I don't know why it was about dinosaurs. I, I have I would have a lot of questions if I cared, but I don't. So <laughs> it's surprising. Don't, yeah. Don't bother. It seems like it was Pixar that did it, right? Yeah. It seems like Pixar doing a dinosaur movie should have been way, way bigger than it was. Yeah. It feels like they committed to this movie and said, well, we have to do it. And it's kind of an afterthought that not many people like I've never, I work with plenty of people with young children I've never heard the good dinosaur mentioned. Yeah. And I mean, contrast with like, uh, inside out, it came out the same year. Um, I honestly wasn't personally crazy about it, but that movie was very successful, very well received. And it's almost about nothing. Like it's literally just about like figments in a person's head. And <laughs> it's still far more interesting than a movie about dinosaurs. So yeah, come on guys. That should be, yeah, <laughs> a gimme that they somehow lost. So that ends up being more of a rant than anything. Um, <laughs> but it's helpful because it's a recent dinosaur thing. That It's helpful. Don't waste your time. Go look up some one of those crazy dinosaur movies from the 80s or something that we were talking about instead. Because we, we haven't seen those to know that they were terrible. So I just to make sure I was remembering this correctly, I did look up Prehysteria. And I did not remember this part. They get the the baby dinosaurs hatch and the kid being from the early nineties names the baby dinosaurs as follows Elvis, Jagger, Hammer, and Madonna. Elvis was the T-Rex. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I remembered that part because Elvis was the king. So King T-Rex, right? That makes sense. The, I don't know why the Brachiosaurus was Jagger. Um, I kind of, Hammer would have been a better name for an Ankylosaur, not a Stegosaurus. Yeah. And the Triceratops was Madonna. No, uh, Madonna was a Chasmosaurus. Well, yeah, that was a, it's a Triceratops. It's a Ceratopsian. Oh, okay. It's been a while since I looked at that poster. But I still think if we could somehow get tiny dinosaurs that hatched out and became your best friend's pets, it would be great. <laughs> How small were they? But he could like hold them in the crook of his arm and he was a kid. That may be a little small for me. I don't know. <laughs> I want my Ankylosaurus to be maybe like 20 to 30 pounds, 25 pounds, and very well-trained. Well, if we ever... If it's not as well-trained, much smaller, please. 
<laughs> if we ever get them uh, successfully cloned, I don't think you'll have to worry about the size being too small. The opposite would probably, in <laughs> fact, be true. <laughs> uh, okay, so I will go for regular size, but very, very well trained. Yeah. <laughs> and I, well, I was about to say I'll save a ton of money on gas commuting to work, but um, it'll probably actually be way more expensive. Well, it'll just stop and eat foliage where it finds it, so that that's technically free. Live next to an arboretum and they'll hate you. (laughs) (laughs) If pet ankylosauruses become accessible to the the degree that I have one, I am sure that all local foliage will be decimated and I will have to pay for it at some point. (laughs) Um, On that hopeful note, we've probably talked about dinosaur pop culture at least well enough to entertain people for a few minutes. Yeah, I want to say a note of wrap-up regarding Primeval, Terra Nova, and The Good Dinosaur. Um, These are all three examples of where I watched something with almost no information, or at least none that I considered relevant. I watched it because it had dinosaurs, because we need more shows and movies with dinosaurs in them, because dinosaurs are amazing. And between these three... I, I can't Jurassic Park out because it's a classic in its own right. But these three that kind of sprung up as their own things and I watched them because of the dinosaurs, only one in three is one that I actually feel comfortable recommending to people. So, And that not until the fourth season. Not only do we need more dinosaurs in things, we need, <laughs> we need people to really uh, step up their execution a little better and actually make these things good, not count on the dinosaurs carrying it for them and no i would recommend primeval the early seasons as well i think are good yeah it's just like it's okay it's an okay show and then it becomes good it's not bad right primeval i would have said like you know if you like dinosaurs like definitely watch it um okay show is not very persuading the seasons four and five reach the level where i'm like gonna try to convince people to watch it even if they don't like dinosaurs i guess which I guess I guess is kind of a good benchmark. You're not going to regret having watched it, right? Like, so there are plenty of things where the show's bad, and then I'm like, I wasted my time. I should have done something productive. <laughs> Whereas if I watch Primeval, it's like, I watched that. That was not a terrible investment of time in the early stuff, and then later it was like, I'm so glad I watched this. It's so good now. <laughs> Did we want to talk about video games at all? No, I don't think we know anything enough about the video <laughs> game side of it. Okay, I'm gonna say just a word on arc is it called arc survival i believe so okay so this is a game another thing that i saw it existed i got excited because the artwork is like a dinosaur loaded up with rockets <laughs> which should be amazing um dino riders <laughs> so arc survival it's almost like it's like a open world survival kind of game like minecrafty like <laughs> it's weird to point to Minecraft as like the um yeah but yeah I guess that is kind of a cultural touchstone at this point so yeah it's kind of Minecrafty more realistic than Minecraft and it has a lot of uh extinct species in it not just dinosaurs but like dodo birds and all kinds of stuff I love dodo birds too but um that's kind of its hallmark is that it has all these extinct species in it um I avoided it for a while because I had heard there's a lot of PVP stuff that can be hard to get away from 
where other people will come and just kill your stuff. Like I had um, a friend mentioned that he built up a small army of dodo birds and then some guy just had his Carnotaurus eat all of them. And so I avoided it for a long time for that reason. I finally did play when there was like a free demo and it's pretty involved. If you like super involved games, you might love it, but I wasn't really interested in learning all the mechanics, at least at that point, I just didn't really have the time to do that. Um, I, I wanted to be able to go in and have dinosaurs, but I had to go in, learn a whole bunch of like crazy details, put in all this work before I'd even get a dinosaur. So as far as I got was realizing that I didn't want to spend that much time taking some berries to a dodo bird, trying to tame it. And then like a carnotaurus just popped out and ate me. So apparently those are the jerks <laughs> of the dinosaur world in general. Um, this would be something I would be, if anyone had any feedback out there on, I'd be interested in hearing just because I don't have much experience with it other than yeah. what Trevor's bringing up right it, now. Even though I'm not sure I would ever really play it much, it looks really interesting and I would love to hear more about it. Carnotauruses look kind of like bullies. They do. Well, they've got the devil horns and everything to basically go with it. Yeah, that was my joke because it means meat eating bull. Mm hmm. So. Ha ha. <laughs> Given the lack of dinosaur related media, I do sometimes kind of get by on dinosaur like things in other media. So, like Dragon Wars, a really horrible movie that we had a lot of fun watching in college. Um, has like some lizard things. By we, you mean you and Matthew? Yeah, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> um, it had like some lizardy things with like rocket launchers and stuff, so that was kind of satisfying. And then I didn't feel bad about missing that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're not missing anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna try to list a bunch of stuff, but that's just one example. Like. There's so little dinosaur stuff that we just feel like we got to deal with this other stuff. Go with like things that are dinosaur adjacent. Yeah. Did we want to talk about anything else? That's probably enough for tonight. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You can find this show and things about it at betterworlds.net. You can find us on Twitter at betterworlds.net same thing on instagram um you can email us at feedback at betterworlds.net and please do email us we really want to hear from you guys um you can find the notes for this episode at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash five thanks for listening goodbye <laughs>